what you're listening to, it's a very weird piece of music. Nicholas Horvath, French pianist. There is this old guy named Satie, and he never get out of his house, and he composes for six months, and he composes very weird music named Vexation. And, and he, for the first time in, in all the history of art, a composer is asking an interpreter to do something. And what asked Eric Satie was to repeat a piece 840 times. Nicholas has played this piece, Vexations, solo, in its entirety, 11 times. That's mm -hmm. quite a lot. And I always do alone and without any stops. And otherwise I did, I think, the longest vexation ever, or even the longest uh, solo non-stop music, when I play vexation for 35 hours non-stop. Now, Vexations isn't just some weird, obscure music that was written in the last 10 years or so. It's actually over a century old. And Nicholas isn't the only guy to have actually performed it. Relay teams and even other solo pianists like him have done tens, if not hundreds of performances over the years since it was written. There was even one just last year at Butler University. So why would anyone want to repeat this almost unlistenable piece of music 840 times? Well, it's complicated. I'm Patrick Simpson, and this is Melomania. So let's get some context. Vexations was written by Eric Satie, who you might remember from the last episode about ambient music. He never published it, or even told anyone about it, during his lifetime. It wouldn't be until 1949, nearly 25 years after Satie's death, that anyone would take note of it. A burgeoning composer by the name of John Cage would have the piece brought to his attention by one of Satie's associates. Oh, and if you haven't heard of Cage, he's really cool, probably one of the most important composers of the 20th century. Check out his stuff if you can. So, anyways. By the time Cage found Vexations, he'd already come to admire Satie's eccentricity and scorn for the music establishment. At the same time, he was developing an interest in Zen Buddhism. Vexations was a perfect combination of the two. Deciding that a performance was not only possible, but essential, he organized a group of avant-garde pianists to play Vexations in 20-minute shifts. They started at 6 p.m. on September 9th, 1963, and played until lunchtime the following day. Mm -hmm. Because I read recently in the paper that there was a very short composition that was played oh, 820 times, times or yeah. something, and were you two involved in that playing of that piece of music? This is a clip from the old 60s game show, I've Got a Secret, the episode that aired a week after the performance. I think that is close enough. Will will give him the entire $80, and I will tell you, panel, that this is John Cale, a composer musician who last week performed in a concert to end all concerts. Oh, and also, that guy John Cale, just one year later, he would co-found the Velvet Underground with Lou Reed. What was really unusual about the particular concert? Well, the performance took 18 hours. 18 hours and 40 minutes, to be exact. After this infamous debut, Vexations only grew in popularity. It became a rite of passage, Mount Everest for young experimental pianists. But still, it begs the question. What, 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 would, what would move a man to say you must play it eight, 840 times to, for it to be complete? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the name, by the way, of this? Uh...
Well, there are a lot of theories, all of which are mostly speculation. Sati was known for having a peculiar sense of humor, so a lot of people dismiss vexations as just one of Sati's private jokes. But others claim that it's meant to be a kind of musical mantra. You see, Sati had an affinity for this religious cult called the Rosicrucians, so it makes sense for him to write a piece that tries to achieve the same effect as a Rosicrucian chant. Some also say that it's a parody of the extremely long and grandiose works of Richard Wagner, probably the most famous composer at the time. Wagner invented what he called the unending melody in opera, where the music would constantly ebb and flow, but never stop. Vexations could also be a study in boredom, or a method of freeing yourself from the constraints of western tonality, or even Sati's way of punishing himself after a bad breakup with Suzanne Valadon, the only woman he ever had a relationship with in his life. Maybe he was drunk. Yeah. Who knows? I can't answer that. This is Mike Shelley, professor and composer-in-residence at Butler University. You may remember him from the episode about quoting in classical music. Uh, so, just it doesn't matter? And uh, I don't think it matters. We'll never know. Uh, I think it planted the seed for something that became the 20th century. So, I think in that respect, he'd probably go, wow, I never thought it would become that mm -hmm. and influence entire composers like Cage and Lamont Young. And, and that, that was one of the pieces they would hold up as their mantra as their god mm -hmm. so i don't know if he would have thought that same way ravel he just wrote he wrote bolero on a bet right over the weekend mm -hmm. and now if anybody knows ravel on the street they know bolero mm -hmm. and ravel would go really I'd rather you will sit My piano concerto yeah, or yeah. my string quartet. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we can't, we can't, I know that's not exactly the question, would he feel this way, but we, all artists, painters, composers, everybody, we do what we do and we put it out there and how you're going to react, we can't anticipate. We, we're never going to know. Mm -hmm. So it's just, we always take those chances. So while it's useful to know some of the theories about what Sati was thinking when he wrote Vexations, ultimately the only thing that matters is what we can learn from it today. Which brings us back to Nicholas Horvath. I had to feel the piano, I had to feel the audience, and like there was something very, very spiritual out of this piece. The French pianist from the beginning who's played Vexation solo 11 times. Now, for the last part of this episode, I'm going to stop narrating and just let Nicholas describe his experience playing the piece and what it means to him. Obviously, he knows it well, and honestly, I think it would kind of ruin it if I interjected with my own thoughts while he was talking. So, here's what he has to say. You will start also to enter into the pianist's mind. And to see the little differences, because you know you always try to play exactly the same, but you're not a robot. So you're not able to do it. And slowly by slowly, 
um, because you're inspired by your own metabolism and your own thoughts, slowly by slowly everything changes. Every, every, uh, I mean, your interpretation change because you're really experiencing something. And I think this is the real meaning of the peace of expectation. Is a huge um, journey um, through um, the age, the mankind age, I mean, human age, like from bone to anger to despair to for sorrow to sadness and to oblivion and to the end. I mean, for three days, I stopped to eat and drink. To be spiritually ready and also not to stop myself for, during my performance to go to the bathroom mm -hmm. because this is um, something very important too. So, you know, when you arrive to the con to the concert hall doing the vexation, you're already like a zombie mm -hmm. because three days without food and drink, yeah, sometimes you, you can't even walk properly. And, uh, well, you start. And slowly by slowly you enter into the peace. And for a couple of hours, nothing is really happening. You try to do your peace, but that's all. And slowly by slowly, you start to think about yourself. Because you know the peace. And about your life. And after a couple of time, you start to, to express some kind of tiredness because it's very tiring. And then you start to have problem with your muscles that you have to unlock to, I mean, to distress the, put away all the cramps. And after a time, you simply wonder why you're doing that. I mean, what is the point? You're doing something that few people care, and especially at the time when I had no audience, you know, in the middle of the night, you simply don't understand the point, and you're only like a 400 or 500, and there is 400 more to go, you're only at the half of it. And even sometimes you want to stop. This is one of the phase. Also, there is another phase that doesn't come often. I call it Satori or Nirvana. You can call it whatever you want. And it happens to be the first time I did vexation. I remember it's like, like a lightning coming up on your head. And I, I still remember the first time I got the feeling that all my life with all my action Everything was linked together. And I understood that I got this big, um, not drama, but uh, you know when you have a big friendship or a big relation and it stops out of the blue. And, and you understand that it's because one day you did that and you say that and it's far away and you can see all your action, like all your life at one shot. And I feel... Even for that, only for that, the vexation is worse.
and also there is a, a, a last phase that doesn't also happen every time and now especially that I know the piece and I call that the departure phase I mean this is when you arrive at 800 and it's very funny because in a certain way you always hope to end the piece because it's long and it's sometimes you simply don't understand why you're doing it but you're doing it and you hope that you will arrive at the end but you see that there are so many pages left that you don't know how it will when it will finish and when you arrive at 800 sometimes you start to slow down not because you want to make the longest ever this is not the point but simply because you don't want to finish it You know, we all experience that, that the moment that when you have someone you really, really love and you bring this, this person to a train station and you see this person taking the train and you know in yourself that you will never see this person once again. And this is the end of fixation for me. and there is no beginning there is no hand so instead of a concert you don't need to sit down you don't need to be to think very deeply about the music you simply should let yourself go you should lay down close your eyes and relax and you don't need to listen to the music you simply need to hear it and you simply have to let the music go through your ear, your body, and you have to let yourself go. And it's like you're falling into the music slowly by 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 slowly it's like if you were touching sky or touching well within your heart and you simply let yourself talk to the music and talk with the music
Melomania is written and produced by me, Patrick Simpson. The tracks that I used are, in order of appearance, Blue Wednesday's Rewind, Disparition's Loya Kono, Wagner's Tristan and Isolde, and Ravel's Bolero. Melomania is a production of 91.3 WHJE, broadcasting from beautiful downtown Carmel, Indiana. Thanks for listening.